0: Grace and peace to you this day from God our Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. I have a rather strange question to ask of you as I begin today, but you've got to listen to it carefully. How many of you here today can remember the day you were born? Not what people tell you. But remember the day itself and the events of that day. (coughs) Oh, I can't. I thought maybe there were some smart people smarter than I. I mean, you know, it wouldn't take that much. But no, seriously. We can't. I mean, come on. We're so tiny. Our brains aren't fully operative in in that fashion. Chances are that before you were born into this cruel world, you you experienced the uh, comfort of the mother's womb. You could hear her voice. You could hear music that was being played. You can hear these things were told. Oh, I don't know. But uh, you can hear these things while you were still there within your mother. You're quite comfortable. Nice temperature, constant, you don't have to worry about, you know. Everything is super-duper cozy for you. But before you know it, all of a sudden you experience a whole bunch of pushing and pulling and you think you're in a tug-of-war... I don't want to go. Remember that song back in the 50s, Please, Mr. Custer, I don't want to go? Uh, That's what you're saying as a a young'un as you're preparing for that birth process. Uh, it, 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 It has to be a rude shock for any newborn infant. And then, if... You're not breathing correctly. You know, some, some of us come out already breathing and everything's okay. They clean out the airways just to make sure. The doctor holds you upside down and whaps you. That's your first birthday spanking. <laughs> what an introduction to the world. I mean, come on. I have often wondered how many of us, given the option would have chose just to stay right where we were and be comfy. Of course, that's not doable. That's not practical. That's not feasible. Okay, another time. Well, Jesus says, most certainly I tell you, unless one is born anew, you cannot see the kingdom of God. This is something that the Lutheran church doesn't talk much about, you know, being born again, being born anew. I mean, that's, oh no, uh, uh-uh, X. We don't do that. But here it is in Scripture. We can't ignore it. So it was with our first birth. We don't always talk about it because we don't know it. We hear stories, but it's fact, it's part of life. We could not see the world, we could not hear the birds sing until we had been born. We could not see our mother's face. Until we went through that trauma of childbirth, the pain and discomfort that we experienced, we don't remember, fortunately, but that was the price of being born, price of admission to this world, complete with all of its joys and with all of its sorrows. Jesus says the same is true of the kingdom of God. Most truly, I tell you, unless one is born anew, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus said that to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, who was understandably confused as Jesus taught this lesson. How can anyone be born again after growing old, he asks. Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and then be born? No, that just doesn't happen, at least the way Nick saw it. And Jesus says those words, Most truly I say to you, unless you are born of the water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is the Spirit. That's why we baptize children, to bring them into that company, into that family, into that presence. But Nicodemus didn't understand, and I'm not so sure as as I look at this lesson that we fully understand it either. I mean, some of this is foreign to our uh, concepts and, and to our belief kind of person was Nicodemus? Who was he? Well, we, we know a Pharisee. He was a leader of the Jews. He was an intelligent sort of guy. He knew what was going on around him at that time. Uh, he, he, he rare for a Pharisee, but he was respected in his community. People did look up to him. He was morally upright. And he taught God's word. God's word. He traveled amongst the leadership circles, yes. But he knew his God. And he tried to help others to experience that God. Nicodemus' friends started talking about this Jesus. This rabbi. And, and the teachings and the things that he was doing. And, and, and the leaders, the Pharisees, the priests, all of them were quite uncomfortable with what they were hearing. Because it challenged them a little bit. It, it was different. You know, the two favorite expressions within the Lutheran church and many others. We've always done it this way. We've never done it that way. Well, the same back then. What Jesus was teaching, what Jesus was saying, what Jesus was doing was totally contrary to the Jewish culture of the time. So Nicodemus decided he's going to find out for himself. But, but you know, he, he's, he's got to be careful with this. I don't want people to see me going to him. So, George, you tell me where he's going to be tonight, and and after it gets dark, I'm going to go there and, and see this Jesus, okay? Okay, all right. He's going to be at Mighty Fortress, so go over there and see this Jesus, and maybe you can talk to him. Nicodemus wanted to know, was he a prophet? Was he a troublemaker? Nobody knew for sure. Some of his teachings were quite good, but others were quite radical. So he decided to meet with Jesus, to talk to him, to learn about him and from him. What made him tick? And to see how he handled himself when confronted. Nicodemus came by night, as I said. He didn't want his friends to see him running around with these other folks. He wanted to see Jesus. But he just wanted to talk to him. He didn't want any of that stuff to rub off on him. So let me stay back here and, and I'll talk to you from back here. What do you mean i got to come closer? i got to come closer and I, I can hear you fine back here. When Nick, when Nick came to Jesus... He kept many of the doubts that he had to himself initially. And he said these these wonderful words, and I love them. I love them. We say something similar to this even yet today. Oh, pastor, you know, blah, 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 blah. Nick said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. Boy, is that a loaded statement. For no one else can do the signs that you do apart from being of God. Nicodemus was surprised at Jesus' response. Jesus knew who Nicodemus was. He knew what he was going to be about. He, He wasn't going to fall for any trap. And so Jesus right away lays it out there. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Whoa, wait a minute. Time out. I wasn't expecting this right away. Uh, I just wanted to to talk and get to know each other a little bit. Jesus said was quite complicated. You see, the word that is used here for being born again has two meanings. And I believe that Jesus wanted Nicodemus to hear both of them. Again, those words... Most certainly, I tell you, unless one is born anew. The Greek word anathon has two meanings. Being born anew, a fresh start, all over again, and being born from above. So which way do we go? That's what was confusing for Nicodemus. How is he using that word? Jesus, however, was saying, it's not one or the other, Nick, it's both. We have to be born of earth, of our mother, but we need to be born of God. We need to come into that relationship that you hear so many preachers talk about, that relationship with God. He went on to say, most certainly I tell you, unless you are born of the water and the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we must be born anew, and that's what we do in our baptisms. We are washed anew of birth. I have a daughter. Who was born December 15th and I use that as an illustration when Amy's first Christmas came around she was 10 days old did she have to know what Christmas was about for us to give her gifts uh uh we gave her gifts why because we loved her the same is true in our baptism. We don't have to understand it, but we accept it as a gift from God. As I've told you previously, I have two children that are or two grandchildren, rather that are adopted. That's what happens in our baptism. We are adopted. Into the family. We are brought into that family, that heavenly family. And assured that God will be with us throughout. Birth changes things. It adds a whole different dimension. Uh, as, As I said before, you know, before we were before we were born, we didn't have to worry about. Uh, what I'm going to eat this this afternoon. Didn't have to worry about what I'm going to drink or about oh, what what the snowstorm that they're talking about is really going to be like. Is it going to stay north? Is it going to come south? It, if 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 if. But once we were born, everything changed. The old systems no longer worked. When we were born anew from the Spirit, however the first thing we learn is we have to let go of all those earthly things and trust in God. Walk with God. The hymn, Nearer My God to Thee, how true. That's not easy. Sometimes when people are born again, as the fundamental church uses that term and some of the others, Throws their life in a topsy-turvy. I remember when I was in rescue there was a gentleman over here at the Old Desi and and Dennis came in one Sunday morning and he said how he had been born again at church and they had gotten rid of all the radios. They had gotten rid of. But guess where he parked himself when he was at work and we were off duty. (laughs) Right in front of that tube. Uh, Dennis, you're not practicing what your family is having to do, you know? When we come to the Lord, it's not, well, let me do this and this and this, and and, and then I'll do, no, no, it's all or none. All or none. Kathleen Norris is a well-known poet and essayist. She was raised in a congregational church but as she grew in years, she drifted away from the church and stopped going altogether as a young adult. After graduating from college, she moved to New York City where her friends were artists and intellectuals. When Kathleen's grandmother died, she inherited the house and farm out in South Dakota. Talking stream from New York to South Dakota. She astonished her friends by moving there and living in her grandmother's house. There, living amongst grandma's things, she began, began attending her grandmother's church. She traces her conversion a couple of years later to a chance visit at a Benedictine monastery. I've been to one down in Kentucky. I believe me, if you ever have an opportunity, do it. It is wonderful for your faith. But somehow in Kathleen's experience there, in that setting, the Spirit did come to her, not just, hi, but very powerfully. Hello! Do I have your attention? Yes, yes, yes. She stayed her course. She followed this conversion. She writes, conversion, conversion is frightening to oneself and to others, precisely because it can be seen as a regression. We've got to go back to go forward. One's adult certainty about nature of the world is shaken. And this can feel like I'm being sent back to square one. Gradually, however, one learns to dis- discern the adult command behind Jesus is saying, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will not enter into it. Wait, I just contradict what he said to Nicodemus. Well, the ideal is, yes, we do receive that as a child in that baptism. But I've had folks in their 90s come to me for baptism and they still receive that same spirit if we could respond when that friend asked Kathleen the question how would you respond the question was Kathleen have you had a lobotomy have you had something removed from up here are you okay I'm fine, thank you very much. Could not be better. Can you imagine that friend asking you, what's the matter? What's the matter? Did you have a lobotomy? Have you lost your mind? Have you gone nuts? You joined the church, you're getting active in in that group? Well, that sort of thing happens. It happens to people who come to God from their friends who haven't experienced it yet. That's a golden opportunity then for you to testify, to share, to to tell others of. Jesus goes on with those wonderful words from John's Gospel. We all know them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to die for us. So that we shall not perish, but have eternal life? What more comfort can we hear than the assurance of why Jesus came into the world? Life in the presence of God is different. Life in the presence of God can be so rewarding and uplifting and get us through so many trials and tribulation. I close with this little statement from Vance Havner, another writer, another composer. He says the following. He says, I came to Christ as a country boy. I did not understand all about the plan of salvation. One one doesn't have to understand it. One only has to stand on it. I did not understand about electricity, but do I intend to sit around in the dark until I finally do? No. One thing I did understand, even as a lad, I understood that I was under new management. I belonged to Christ. And he, was my Lord. That's the difference. That's the difference, folks. Once we are born anew, once we are born from above, born of the Spirit, we are under new management. We belong to Christ. He is our Lord.